Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blinding passion, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his fire. Father God, we just praise you for this uh, venue, for this electronic ecclesia, for this opportunity to be able to gather electronically across the world and be able to touch people's lives and prepare them for the things that we already see heading at us like a freight train. Father, we thank you for strengthening, for strengthening our walk and our spirit and our flesh, uh, keeping us as healthy you know, as many of us are limping about, but still working toward uh, a uh, level of health that will be... Um, beneficial to you, Father God, in the days that we have ahead that we're able to touch other people's lives and uh, make make a, a the grandest contribution as possible to the harvest period that we will be going through as soon as things probably about round about the Civil War period uh, starts to unfold. We know what we have a pretty good idea of what's coming. We praise you for that, Father God. We thank you uh, because uh, as each thing unfolds, as each prophecy is confirmed, uh, even though it isn't in full you know they're just not they're not being fulfilled completely yet but we see them lining up perfectly it keeps us on the edge of our seats and we praise you for that because we want to draw in closer and this is a big part of this program we just pray for uh brother joe sanchez that he will uh you know we just know in our hearts that it's going to be a blessing for every person and uh to be able to hear this wonderful testimony and uh and and we pray that it just you know sinks right in touches our spirit uh uh encourages us uh, and helps us to be able to more easily deal with the challenges of knowing the things that we know and the intense loneliness that is associated with that and to be patient and, and listen to the to the gentle, uh, you know, the still small voice of you, Father God, and, and the presence of our Holy Spirit as he impresses upon us uh, at the just the right times, the right things to say, for fishermen uh, typically do not bang God 
songs and scream at fish to catch them. They wisely bait their hooks and they capture the imagination of the fish. And Father God, sometimes it's just a couple of words or no words at all. Sometimes it's just the wearing of a t-shirt, the wearing of a pin, uh, you know, that has the name of Jesus on it. Whatever it is, Father, that you need us to do at the at the at the at that you know perfect timing time that you would lay before us that that opportunity that we know will come our way and has probably come our way many times uh, that we can change people's lives, steer them in the right direction, plant that mustard seed, and trust through our prayers that you will water them so that we are able to bring along with us to glorify you as many people as possible in the days that we have before us and the days that we have in the future. And Jesus, we praise your holy name and we pray that you will forgive us for all of our sins. Please, Lord Jesus, uh, cleanse and totally purify our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood. And Father God, purge us with your holy fire. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and thank you. Give us strength to endure this next week. Give us strength to endure the following week. Give us strength to be ready uh, when that time comes upon us. Not, not, to, not to be sitting on our duffs right now, but to also be extra ready and extra strengthened both spiritually and physically for the days uh, as they draw ever more chaotic and uh, there is a, a more dramatic need of our uh, intercession and touch upon people's lives out there um, uh, as the world uh, continues to turn upside down. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray and thank you, Father. Amen. Watch and pray For I would come for you one day I gave you my word so you would know The time I'd come and take you Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So Candace Owens is uh, all over Twitter now, and uh, people are forwarding it left to the right, to the left, to the right, and it shows up on my feet a bunch. She's warning everybody that the WEF is going to take down the Internet. Um, you know, folks, th th there's been so much WEF. What happens is people get alarmed. 
Once they wake up completely and they realize that the things that the forces of darkness, the global satanic crime syndicate, when they realize, and it's no longer a question, they're not, you know, kind of questioning their sanity a little bit. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not saying themselves, gee whiz, I don't want to be seen as a conspiracy theorist. And they're really thinking things through, Um, you know, but then they come to a point, whoever that may be, it really doesn't matter if it's a well-known name or, or an unknown name or whoever it may be. What happens is once you wake up, you get paranoid and you start to think that every little thing that everybody says is going to happen. It's going to happen today. It's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen any second now. And people get they get nervous. They get pumped and they want to be prepared and they want to warn everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, You know, Klaus Schwab said this. Klaus Schwab said that. So it's going to happen. And, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so what happens is people then become vulnerable. They become extremely vulnerable to themselves. Uh, It is their own human uh, reaction to being shocked as they awaken and realize that uh, that these aren't conspiracy theories, that these people do mean business. But the problem is that they don't really understand how the Illuminati work. They don't really understand a lot of things. And so what happens is, you know, we've had Robert Vandrius Mitchell on the show, what, 25 times? No, I think it was over 50 times. And he's explained to us multiple times. He said, the Illuminati listen in on everything that we're all talking about and chattering about and putting up on Twitter and putting up on Facebook and all the other stuff. And when they see us chattering about an Internet outage, when they see us chattering about uh, an H5N1 thing, oh, this must be the next pandemic, you know, they, they watch, they listen, they see redacted, they see what Scott Ritter says, they see what uh, Colonel McGregor says, they see what everybody's talking about. They have supercomputers. They've been monitoring us now for well over 20 years, probably more like 30. And, um, uh, but certainly since the Internet kicked up and they put some really advanced monitoring technology and supercomputers and AI and uh, in in circuit um, now you know they you know, they can press a button and just get a report okay everybody's talking about internet outage all right well we don't want to do that what they don't want to have happen is they don't everything has to be controlled it's a controlled takedown of the of the West it's a controlled takedown and demolition of the United States of Babylon the great it's a controlled takedown of the banking system it's all intended to be controlled and they want to make Maintain control. Even when the Civil War occurs, that will be a controlled event. They will be everybody. I, I know I can only imagine the millions of people out there that are uh, Republican um, uh, conservative types. And they're out there thinking to themselves, well, you know, uh, you know, even if they think there might be a civil war, they would they're naturally going to think to themselves, well, there won't be one until they start to do a door to door confiscation of guns. Well, they're wrong about that. They don't understand that this is all about Satan. This is Satan's agenda. Satan wants us to murder each other. Satan wants us to have guns. Satan wants us to shoot each other. This is they just don't understand that the bloodletting is exactly part of the master plan. And the other thing they don't want to, they already know that we were on to them. So the last thing they want to have happen is, is a whole bunch of people chattering about ammonium nitrate and, uh, you know, so, uh, satellite cellular phones being given to the Senate and, uh, you know, uh, various folks, you know, in the ham radio persuasion being, uh, you know,
know, uh, tapped on the shoulder to participate in an eventual emergency or whatever the case may be. You know, people, unfortunately, the folks, uh, praise the Lord that everybody out there is, you know, I don't want to say everybody, but praise the Lord that there's a larger uh, percentage of people that are waking up nowadays. That's a good thing. But it takes years of getting pies in your face. It takes years of being wrong. It takes years of writing articles and articles and articles and articles and articles like I have and been wrong so many times. I'm like ready to rip my hair out. Well, I prefer my spleen with the shrimp fork, but whatever. Um, The point is you you don't learn these things right away. You go through, you know, the, the, what is it, the five or six stages of grief, five stages or whatever. You go through those different stages. You go through denial and then you go through anger and then, you you know, and, and, and you might even stop at one of those stages. But this is just normal human stuff. It's, you know, um, and by the way, it's highly documented in the world of psychology, in the world of human uh, behavior, in all this. These sciences are they're they're written in Moses's Moses's stone. OK, these entities, these beings know precisely what they're doing. They are at least 50 metaphorical exits ahead of us at all times. They do not announce anything that they're going to do unless they have already done it. OK, unless it's too late. The first thing they do is they checkmate you. Then they go on to their little Davos forums and start yickety-yakking about all these things that they have planned for mankind, like turning us all into robots and all that kind of stuff. Okay, but but the problem is so many precious people out there, meanwhile, but they don't have any experience dealing with these entities. You need to have a decade or I would submit at least a decade, maybe at the very minimum uh, five years to be starting to get wise to how they operate. But the the one thing that I never think is going to ever happen, first and foremost, why in the world would we think that if we were all surprised by 9-11, which we were, and I know that there's always going to be people out there that claim that the Lord showed them 9-11 or whatever the case, but that's after the fact. The thing is, you know, when when did anybody was any was anybody like, oh wow, nine eleven is going to happen in a couple of days. Never mind that the Simpsons pretty much said they said it was going to happen, but nobody, you know, is right there on their magazine, or is right there on their cartoon thing on their on a particular episode. It even said nine one one. You know, but nobody was sitting there by their TV expecting that to happen that day. And if anybody says he were, I have squinty eyes looking at them. Um, we were all utterly and absolutely surprised. Were any of us going, oh, my gosh, you know, I got to tune in to NBC because it's almost 2.30 and they're going to blow the Oklahoma City, uh, the government building with uh, ammonium nitrate. Were we all sitting there chewing our nails going, boy, it's going to happen any second. Five, four, three, kaboom. No. So. Trending, folks, trending. Follow the trending, the trending. Okay, and then I submit that we ought to, you know, it does not guarantee being right or wrong. There's this old saying that says even a blind man hits a baseball once in a while. All right, but I look at trending. I look at confirmations from multiple sources. I love it when there's 
news that is happening that I can confirm and I can see with video, that helps a little bit, especially on Twitter. That's real helpful. I've always monitored Twitter for that stuff because, you know, everybody's walking around with a, with a TV camera in their hand nowadays. So then I look at that. I look at whether or not over the last 12 years I've heard any prophecies or anything that even slightly resembles what is happening. Then I look at the Bible. Uh, you know, the I don't even know, gazillions of times I've read certain you know, end times section. I, I, I just have a memory like an elephant and I can remember things. And then, then I, I, so I scan my memory for scriptures and things that are, that align to what is looking like is about to happen. All right. And then, um, and Papakata Petal, for example, is not in the Bible. So there's going to be untold numbers of things, untold numbers of events that will simply not be verifiable in the Holy Scripture, period. End of story. Even J. Vernon McGee in his book, Through the Bible, said, God has not given us all the details. He has given us very, very few details. All right. And uh, so anyway, so we list, we ought to, you know, whether or not everybody has their favorites. Some people, absolutely, a lot of people love Terry Hill. A lot of people love Elaine. A lot of people, but, but it's all clicks. Okay. It doesn't mean, you know, some people like Others more. There's a there's a group that love Robert Vanderus Mitchell. There's a group that loves Lauren Peterson. There's a group that loves Wayne. Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, brother brother Gary Wayne. You know, and and that's just kind of how it goes. There's a group that loves Joy Pugh. There's a group that loves Zen Garcia, and that's just how it is. It, it, you know, we're all so different, so very different, and but we really should. God has blessed. Uh, so much with um, this wide range of people with skill sets and experiences like no other radio show has in the entire world. And yeah, maybe, you know, a particular individual may not be your favorite, and maybe you don't listen to that individual. But you know what? It's kind of a sad thing. Because, um, for example, I, and I'm, you know, I'm just saying, uh, and I'm seeing uh-oh from uh, Vera, and I have no idea what that means. She's the queen of partial sentences and leading me, uh, you know, uh, making me wonder what she's thinking. You know, I have to read her mind with my crystal ball, which, by the way, is broken. But anyway, um, praise God. Um, so, uh, you know, my point is when people are going like, oh, 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 you know, H5N1, that's going to be the next one. Oh, 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 uh, the ammonium nitrate, they're going to blow up a building. Oh, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, Klaus Schwab said something about uh, taking out the Internet. And then they're like all over the place going, the Internet's going to go down, the Internet's going to go down, the Internet's going to go down. And I'm like thinking to myself, this isn't how it works. It's just not how it works. It doesn't mean that the Internet isn't going to get taken down eventually. Yeah, we know it is. It's, it's in the queue. It's in the queue. But when you understand how the Global Santana Crime Syndicate operates and what their goals are and what they want to have happen and what they do not want to have happen, <clears throat> and Robert was beautiful in the way that over the years he has helped us to understand that there are multiple factions of the Illuminati. They fight amongst one another. The Chinese Illuminati, led by the Ling family, fight with the Romanovs. They fight with the House of Windsor. They're never in agreement with each other. So you got that contention going on in the background. And 
then the other dynamic that Brother Robert Vandreas Mitchell was very helpful in helping us to understand is that they're constantly watching, and they have a plan B, a plan Z, a plan D, a plan E. And, and you know what? Whatever it is we're chattering about, scratch it off your list. We're chattering about it, and they're listening. So the last thing they're going to do is execute something that the entire – Think about it. <laughs> Look, you know, the, it, what do they want? Five million people on Twitter going, ha ha, we knew you were going to do this. Come on. The problem is we have a lot of very intelligent people, people, humans out there, but we do not understand the fallen seraphim and their intellectual capacity. They are at least 10 times more intelligent than the smartest human that's ever lived. They are way ahead of us. Right now, the globe is in a state of checkmate, but there are still awfully hopeful people out there because they do not understand how this, these Satanists, these reptilian beings, they don't understand how they operate, they don't understand how they think, and they don't realize that they've already checkmated you before they make their announcement. It's already a game over. So then there's all these radio shows and talk show hosts going, if we would just do this, and if we would just do that, and if we would just call our senators, and if we would just blah, 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 everything would, you know, and, and it's like, no. It, it's too late. It's checkmate. But they don't understand that. And if you don't understand your enemy, what, what you can, what's going to happen? You're going to be vulnerable, your enemy, and your enemy's going to win. You're going to lose. That's how it works. That's why the Bible admonishes us, although it's not a lot of fun, and there's a lot of things that we will find out that we wished we hadn't have found out about. But, um, uh, you know, the Bible does admonish us to you know, not necessarily talk about the really dark stuff, but to at least be very, very intimately aware of what the wiles of the devil, that we may expose them. All right, praise God. Now. Um, I have to add something with, that is very sad to me anyway, not because I, I think the Santis has a chance in heaven and, and all of the universes. I've never, not even for the teeniest, weeniest little inkling of a moment, did I ever think that Ron DeSantis would have a chance at, at the presidency. I totally side with Megyn Kelly, that, and I know. I know that 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 I know. The danger that somebody like DeSantis injects into the election process is in the primaries. If things happen in such a – I'm not going to get into all the details and the if, ands, and buts and who, who and all that, okay? I'm just not because there's just way too many sociopolitical – dynamics that are up in the jar. One of these dynamics occurred when Ross Perot was running for presidency, and they didn't want him to make the presidency. So they injected another candidate that was as interesting, if not as more capable, to run against Ross Perot in the primaries. And the reason they did that was to confuse the situation, because Ross Perot had it locked up. 
All right, and the forces to be, these shape-shifting reptilians, these Dracos, okay, they said, no, 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 we don't want Ross Perot. And so they introduced another Republican candidate that could go up against Perot, be more effervescent and charismatic, and basically knock him out of the running during the primaries. That is the problem we are dealing with right here. DeSantis, DeSantis is a good Christian. He has... Beautiful children, a beautiful wife. Uh, she's uh, she's healed from uh, uh, breast cancer. He's ex Navy. He is the best of the best. He understands the WEF. He's made almost everything: digital IDs, Fed Now, CBDCs. All that stuff is illegal. He, he even created a law say don't say gay, which really made Disney angry, just furious, like a like a hive of killer uh, uh, murder hornets. And they fought. They literally fought in courts of law and judges and everything and went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But he stood his ground and he said, no, this is passed the Senate and, and it is now a constitutional amendment in the, in the state of Florida. And, and that's just how it is. He has shut down all kinds of gay pride uh, events, mega events that are as big as like Mardi Gras. And he shut them down. He said, you are shut down because you have no provisions. You have no way to keep children from going to those events events, and that is in violation of the constitutional amendment. So he gets these things, but there's a problem. There's a real, there's actually two very serious problems, which were brought to my attention due to some additional research on my part, because I was getting a little concerned about the hullabaloo, the chatter that was going on out there. Long story short, here is DeSantis' Achilles heel. Now, number one, there's obviously a little bit of pride in there. He he believes, and, and it's okay, it's okay. He believes for probably a lot of very good, innocent, well-meaning, meaning, you know, really good-hearted reasons that he would be able to do a better job in protecting the United States. And if he instituted even a third of the things, constitutional amendments that he has put in, in place in Florida, there would be, look, we would never have mask mandates again. We would never have forced uh, vaccinations, uh, you know, you know, or lose your job. There, all that stuff would go away. DeSantis, as the president of the United States, would never, ever allow any of that to happen. Florida never experienced a lockdown. Florida never shut down any of these businesses. Florida, we were, I was, it, it was like a regular day here. Everybody was screaming, buddy, murder, this is the most terrible, horrible thing. The shutdowns, the children, the, 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 the uh, you know, the uh, suicide rate is through the roof. Uh, protesting in the streets, Black Lives Matter, Antifa everywhere, all these horrible things going on. And we're sitting here in Florida just kind of looking at each other going, wow, this is like watching a movie, but nothing's, everything's fine here. The only way that you were ever able to even notice that there was a pandemic at all in the state of Florida is you had to go to A, your doctor's office, or B, into a federal, federally operated facility such as an airport. That's it. Every other place is fine. It's like there was no pandemic. So he would make a great president. There's no doubt about it. But his timing is absolutely horrible. And by the way, that's one of the regions, regions, reasons why George Soros and some other shady characters were coming out 
pro-DeSantis because they understand the Ross Perot style of upset during the primaries. He's a wonderful, if not the perfect candidate to upset the primaries. However, I side with Megyn Kelly because we are talking about a cult. Okay, this whole situation with Donald Trump. The evangelical Christians of the world, look, all you got to do is watch the introduction on Netflix. You know, go to Netflix and type in The Family. And just just watch the first five minutes of the lead-in, just where, you know, when, when they're getting ready to start the, the movie, the documentary. Just watch it. Look at the faces. Obama's there, the Antichrist. The Clintons are both there at the family, pretending like they're praying to God. Please. It, uh, it, it's just enough to make you want to drink a gallon of Epicac and get it over, you know, and just clear your body out. Anyway, um... So DeSantis, unfortunately, is one of those, uh, and I say this out of love, I really like the guy, but unfortunately, DeSantis is as gullible as gullible can be. He's very gullible. He does not understand the devil at all. I'm not even sure he believes in the devil. And um, so... What's happening is he's got these donors that are that have extremely satanic pedigrees like the Rodhams, et cetera, and um, they're manipulating him. They're calling him up on the phone and saying, well, we really don't think it is a good idea to be able to do, you know, that you ought to do this, that and the other thing. And he'll go, oh, OK, well, if, you, if that's how you feel, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, I can go along with that. The problem is he doesn't get the devil. He does not understand the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate. He does not understand that these entities are going to swarm him and control him. And that makes him as dangerous as a, a, a as a an atomic bomb in a coke machine with a countdown timer at 10 seconds he is dangerous not because he doesn't have a good heart not because he doesn't do wonderful constitutional amendments not it's none none of that it's the classic walk into any given church anywhere in the United States of America and you're going to find good christians they're sweet, they're kind, they mean well, they'll help you, they'll invite you to their house to dinner, they'll talk about Jesus with you all day long. They are the sweetest. They will give you Jesus hugs. They And they mean it. They're not faking. They're good Christians. But they are not a lot more intellectually, they don't get the darkness. They, you know, they're, it's almost like talking to a paperclip when you go there. They don't get it. They don't understand it. It flies over their head like a 747, and that's what we have with DeSantis. He is your classic, good-hearted, he's he's, don't get me wrong, he's intelligent enough to see the WEF as something's wrong there. He's intelligent enough to, you know, the CBD, all that other. But he does not get stuff like Pizzagate. He doesn't understand the pedophilia. He doesn't understand the Epstein stuff. He doesn't understand the control grid. He doesn't understand all. He doesn't get that. And that, if you don't get that, you better stay out of the presidency.
because the power of the darkness is so strong right now, and I'm pretty sure Trump isn't going to survive it. All right, so all that being said, praise God. Let's just go ahead and go in uh, uh, to the news. Hallelujah. Here we go. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And oh, one more uh, adjustment to when we were talking about the apocalyptic movies. I mentioned Greenland, the 2020 movie uh, had aliens in it. I was wrong about that. I went back. I don't know. I felt led to go back and watch it this weekend. And I did. And oh, don't get me wrong. It is a fabulous movie with, you know, all about the end of the world, Earth, extinction level events, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right up my alley. But the part about it that I really loved it was the best of all. It was. It, I joke you not. As I was watching Greenland, I'm sitting there watching, and 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 there, and it's the it's the it, there's a scene when the first big chunk of meteor hits the Earth, and they do a really wonderful job of making it very dramatic. And then they say, brace yourself for the scenes that you're about to see because it hit in between Orlando and Tampa, Florida. And then they show the scene and it's just like, you know, the first trumpet, a third of the grass and a third of the trees burn. I mean, the fire, the shockwave that and they had Tampa. They literally had the city of Tampa right there on the scene and the shockwave and the fire from the impact of the meteor literally completely leveling and destroying the entire city of Tampa. And I was like, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, so that goes to the top of my bucket list. Hallelujah. All right. So anyway, uh, enough said there. Now I did, I did want to mention that though, because I realized, oh yeah, I got this one wrong. I, I had a feeling and, uh, but anyway, I, I still had a good time uh, watching for the second time. It's just amazing how much you forget uh, from the first time. Praise God. All right. Kids, are you ready? Kids. All right. Kids, why did Mozart sell his chickens? Because they said all the time, they were constantly saying, Bach, 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 Bach. <laughs> Mozart didn't want to be hearing no Bach, Bach, Bach. All right. Okay, kids, I saw a movie about how ships are put together. It was riveting. Kids, you know, rivets, ships, whatever. Come on. We'll take that. All right, praise God. Kids, why did the taxi cab driver get fired? Well, the passengers didn't like it when he went the extra mile, you know, because of the, you know, the little ticker thing or whatever, the meter, you know. Oh, you don't like that one very much? Have you ever driven or been inside of a taxi? Maybe that's why. That's all right, kids. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And off into the news we go.
All right, praise God. So the, I don't know how much of this I'm going to play, maybe the first three, four, maybe even five minutes. I don't know. But I wanted to bring you a little bit up to speed. I, I'd love to play the whole 17 minutes. But we just don't have that kind of time. All right, but this is a discussion, rather uh, timely one, with Colonel Douglas McGregor, who is bar none out of all 8 billion people, give or take, uh, you know, on the earth. It is my extremely strong opinion, and I do research this stuff very closely, and I do have a personal friend whose mother is currently in Odessa in the Ukraine and is a Ukrainian citizen. So I, you know, I can run things by her, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's exactly correct. That's correct. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely perfect. So I, I know that I know that I know. All right, so let's listen to what he says. All the stuff, by the way, all the stuff that you're hearing, all of the stuff that you're hearing about the Ukraine, it's all wrong. Let's listen to what's really going on. Here we go. Waiting for it to come up. Here we go. Joining us now is Colonel Douglas McGregor to help us make sense out of the fog of propaganda from the Western press of what's happening in Bakhmut. Colonel, thank you for making time for us. If you just read Western media this weekend, you would think that, well, Ukraine has just retreated and they're going to encircle Russian forces and they don't really control. What is the truth? What is actually actually happening in Bakhmut and what is the significance of it? Well, listen, you're asking the right questions and Americans need to know the answers. <clears throat> I think the first thing we need to keep in mind is that Bakhmut was probably the most successful trap ever created in military history. Uh, ultimately, the Russians managed to turn Bakhmut into the graveyard of the Ukrainian army. At least 50,000 Ukrainian soldiers were killed and many more were wounded. It has been nothing but a complete disaster. Zelensky obsessed over Bakhmut the way Hitler obsessed over Stalingrad. And the Ukrainians have had to pay a terrible price. And if you want to know just how profound the impact of this loss is, you need to look at Politico's article over the weekend about the desire of people in the White House inside the Biden administration to press for a so-called frozen conflict in Ukraine. I mean, it's abundantly clear to them that uh, the myth of Ukrainian victory is just that. It's a myth. There's no chance whatsoever. In fact, the Ukrainians are on the road to total defeat and collapse. And what they've done is said, well, you know, we can't win, so we'll try to turn Ukraine into a European version of the Korean Peninsula. We'll split it. We'll freeze the conflict. Uh, we'll move U.S. forces into western Ukraine, and then we'll just sit across from the Russians for another 50, 60, 70 years. Of course, this won't work, Charlie, because the Russians have no incentive to cooperate with that. The Russians are waiting for one more burst of energy out of the Ukrainians, which they will annihilate, another massive offensive that goes nowhere. And then I think they're going to move to take Odessa, Odessa and Kharkov. But the truth is that Bakhmut was a catastrophe. And everyone knows it. People know the Ukrainians can't win. Now we're acting desperately at every turn. Send them F-16s, send them whatever we have. Truth is, none of that's going to make any difference. The real danger in the future is that once it becomes clear that uh, Ukraine has collapsed and the Russians are overrunning the two areas that I just mentioned, which are historically Russian, I, I fear that fools in Washington will talk about direct intervention by U.S., Polish, mm. uh, 
Romanian, maybe some British forces, to somehow or another rescue the situation. That would put us at war with Russia, and we're not prepared for it. I mean, that is definitely the disaster to be feared. And you read the Western media. I mean, you have it right here in the New York Times and all over the Wall Street Journal. You know, it says that Ukraine let this happen, and then they're trying to go back into Bakhmut. So, but let's let's talk more about this from an American perspective. I had a dialogue recently with a lawmaker who is very pro this war, and he's like, "Well, we have to fight to the bitter end for the liberation of Ukraine." And I said, "Well, how how do you define Ukraine?" He said, "Oh, including Crimea." I mean, can you just walk our audience through, Colonel, how irresponsible, how reckless that is? I, I don't think most Americans comprehend how cataclysmic their some of their lawmakers are thinking on these topics. Well, Washington is characterized by a, a unique combination of arrogance and ignorance. Uh, the people talking in Washington, the vast majority of them, know absolutely nothing about Eastern Europe, let alone Russia and Ukraine. The problem is that in 2014, uh, people that are now inside the administration were involved in staging essentially a coup and removing the government that had been elected and replacing it with a government of their choice. This government is the government that you see now running Ukraine. It was a very anti-Russian clique, very hostile to all things Russian. And that government cooperated closely with us with the goal of ultimately building up enormous military power. And that's what has happened between 2014 and 2022. All right. So for the sake of time, I'm going to cut it off. But it's a really great if you want to find uh <clears throat> on youtube.com uh douglas MacGregor, m-a-c-g-r-e-g-o-r this one's entitled it's payback time uh and it has a lot of really super up-to-date information which is accurate and depicts and tells you exactly what's going to happen now the one thing that mcgregor is not aware of which of course why would he be um is that uh you know the antichrist is controlling the white house and uh, uh, so is the World Economic Forum, essentially. that It's part of the Global Santana Crime Syndicate. And it is their goal to start World War III. It is their goal for people to die. So look for Chicago to get nuked. I'm just going to be as frank as I can. I don't have time to put two foot around. Um, I believe that they're going to need the Chicago, some of all fears, ground-based nuclear event that was shown to Rachel Baxter as the essentially a kickoff event, a starting event, one which cannot be you, – you can't walk away from it. You know, it's a Pearl Harbor. Even though Pearl Harbor was a setup by Roosevelt, who was a Satanist, and don't even get me going on Henry Wallace and all that creepy awareness. All right. So anyway, um, it's just good to be. I mean, then then you got like this is where Senator Lindsey Graham. He's he's so totally owned by the Global Santana Crime Syndicate. It's unbelievable. He plays the cards. You know, he plays along with whichever way the wind is blowing, so he can get an applause or whatever to you know whatever. But he's he literally is saying things like, "Oh, this is great. The more Russians." I mean, he says it out loud in front of the media. The more Russians that we can kill, the better. Oh, we've killed a lot of Russians. This is great. Let's kill more Russians. Let's kill them. Let's kill Putin. Let's kill. Kill, 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 kill. And I'm like, what kind of an animal are you? We know. He's a reptilian animal. That's exactly what he is. And now, uh, just as a for your information, an FYI, 
If you want to be able to show your friends and family some undeniable evidence about reptilian beings, the fact that Biden is in fact a reptilian, if you want to be able to show them information that is extremely convincing regarding Obama running the White House right now and being the Antichrist, if you want to uh, help them to understand why all these entities and beings are after the children and killing babies, if you want to help them to understand the real reason for the mRNA, graphene oxide, nanoparticle uh, infrastructure being injected into all the humans for ultimately the completion of the Mark of the Beast system uh, and how it all really works, I have added four new articles. Uh, and let me tell you something. Now, now, granted, if you if you the the, the when people are horrified, they go into a state of denial. So you really do have to use a little bit of wisdom who you may or may not show that to. But at tribulation-now.org, you can um, uh, look, you know, show them any one of these four articles. I blew up uh, Biden. I have live video of Biden's head. And his mask, his rubber mask, is on incorrectly, and it's so obvious. Even the people that filmed the video are flipping out. Well, then I thought to myself, wait a minute, I need to zoom in on this. So I injected into into one of my applications. I zoomed in very, very close on his eyes, and sure enough, they were those of a viper, just as it stated in the Testament of Amaran from the Dead Sea Scrolls, okay? So and I put that that testament of Amaran scripture inside the it's not really even an article it's just a collection of videos and cuz people are driven by media today they don't really want to read so that's what the, the that's how these are set up so you can listen to the testimonies of the experts multiple experts and uh, anyway it, it might be very helpful if you have somebody on the fishing hook and you want to lead them and make them say oh my gosh i can't believe i just saw that are you kidding me you know if you need to just nudge them over the you know just so that they can and they're almost there but okay well, there you go. Tribulation-now.org. God bless you. All right. So anyway, um, I want to play a little snippet of this. This is Putin making a speech about the situation, the global situation. It's amazing how perceptive and accurate his understanding of things are. And it's probably he's probably holding back an awful lot, too. But I want to play this for you as well. It's really good. Amazement at the processes underway in the countries, which have been traditionally looked at as the standard bearers of progress. Of course, the social and cultural shocks that are taking place in the United States and the Western Europe are none of our business. We are keeping out of this. Some people in the West believe that an aggressive elimination of entire pages from their own history, reverse discrimination against the majority of the interests of a minority and the demand to give up the traditional notions of mother, father, family, and even gender. They believe that all of these are the mileposts on the path towards social renewal. The advocates of so-called social progress believe they are introducing humanity to some kind of a new and better consciousness. Godspeed, hoist the flags as we say, go right ahead. The only thing that I want to say now is that their prescriptions are not new at all. 
It may come as a surprise to some people, but Russia has been there already. After the 1917 revolution, the Bolsheviks, relying on the dogmas of Marx and Engels, also said that they would change existing ways and customs. And not just political and economic ones, but the very notion of human morality and the foundations of a healthy society, the destruction of age-old values, religion, and relations between people. All right. Anyway, the entire speech is absolutely excellent. Um, But he knows, you know. Um, And he's actually being very professional and very kind in his description of the extremely sick, twisted. I actually have an article on tribulation-now.org of Putin making another speech where he's not being as professional. He's, I mean, he, he's very professional, but he's coming right out and saying all this LGBT, it's anti-Christian, it is, you know, essentially satanic, uh, and, and it's amazing. Uh, and I praise God for it. Now, um, anyway, um, all right, I'm going to leave this and this and this due to our time. I'm going to leave these three things for the next show. But I did, I'll, I'll just give you a hint. Um, you know how, like, Jesus says, you brood of vipers, uh, you know, and stuff like that. I thought, man, you know, I wonder if that's because he was like seeing that they were actually, you know, fallen seraphim, reptilians. And it's fascinating because the um, Strong's uh, Enhanced Bible Dictionary, when combined with a regular dictionary, when you look at all the words and what it says, it, it it's very interesting. And I will share that with you on the next program. Praise God. All right. And the next one up. Mexico deploys thousands of troops as Papacatapetl, Papacatapetl, Papacatapetl volcano continues to rumble out of control. All right, what does that mean? Well, I will say this is the longest yellow level three alert. It may be in, uh, I don't even know how many, it could be hundreds of years. I, I don't know what the actual timeline is, but this is a big deal, and it's been a long time since it's been this this big of a big deal. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. So I'm I'm pretty hopeful. I I really am because it will be a landmark event in the uh, let's just call it a portfolio of prophetic events that we should all be looking for, looking very much forward to occurring. Not. For the death, we should always be praying fervently for the salvation of the souls of the lost where all across the world at all times. So, um, however, comma, from a standpoint of being and standing in front of Jesus and, and, and accelerating the end times so that we are at the wedding supper and, and soon completely home, uh, wow. That's a that's a big landmark event, prophetically speaking. Hallelujah! All right, so my my fingers are I'm I'm really hopeful that that things are going to start to take off a little bit more because it's been dragging a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of serious stuff going on. Yes, Amen. I, I absolutely, but it yeah it does it, it's dragging along. And I think most of us would like to just see the whole pop stand blow. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah. So next one up. All right, Metro reports that the world should prepare for a disease deadlier than COVID, according to the World Health Organization chief, which, by the way, if you go back and look at this guy's pedigree, he comes from some serious evil, this guy. So he is deep, deep, deep in bed, okay, with, uh, you know, the whole Davos economic global satanic 
baby thing and all that stuff. Okay, he's deep, 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 deep inside of that. All right, so of course he would be the one that we would want to dictate to each one of us whether or not we have to, you know, go on lockdown, whether or not we should be put in FEMA camps, whether or not we should be held down and injected and everything else under the sun. That's exactly who you want. Another puppet of Satan. Hallelujah. So anyway, next one up. Myths and pseudosciences are causing HIV to spread. Myths and pseudoscience is causing HIV to spread. The reason why I put this article up here is these are the ones that make me nauseous. This is the reason why I can go through Philip's milk of magnesia faster than a family of six can eat a chicken. I can, you know, anyway, we all know that HIV was created by Fauci and his team of bioweapons experts. And we all know that they put HIV inside the vaccines. And that is the only reason. It is called mass eugenics and mass murder. And a second Nuremberg trial would be way too nice. And these entities, I have, Fauci's wearing a rubber mask. That means he's a reptilian. All right, enough said. Franklin Graham warns of the coming storm. He says every demon in hell has been turned loose. So, um, you know, I'd I'd like to be able to just sit here and read the entire article. It's at endtimeheadlines.com. They have a, and it's probably also if you just type Franklin Graham warns of the coming storm, maybe even add every demon in hell. But he has, he's looking around and he's saying, uh, you know, what we're saying. Now, he probably doesn't know the stuff that we know, but that's okay. Um, it's good that there that some leaders in evangelical Christianity are at least starting to downshift a bit and uh, take a second look at the global situation and stop saying things like, Donald Trump is going to magically appear in the Oval Office any second now because so-and-so had tea with Jesus yesterday. I mean, it's whatever. And, and since I got family members who go there all the time, I'm just not even going to worry about it. It's just one of those things. All right, next one up. Chicago monkeypox outbreak raises alarm over the summer spread. And, of course, they have the CDC making a very important message, dun-dun-dun, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, look out, it's going to be the next pandemic. Or is it? He personally, order out of chaos, the way that the reptilian entities work is they're going to throw out everything, the kitchen sink, Everything, HIV, Ebola, uh, you know, Marlberg, which is even worse in a lot of cases than Ebola, um, you know, H5N1, uh, you name it. You name it. They're going to keep everybody going, oh, no, because that's what they do. They, the more confused you are and the more freaked out you are and the more this and the more that, the better off they are. Because it gives them all, they're giving you shiny objects so we can just take our little kitty paws and swing our fing, you know, paws in the air and get distracted while they're busy setting up 15-minute cities, while they're busy instituting uh, you know, the digital IDs and the FedNow thing, while they're busy converting over to central bank digital currencies, while they're busy doing every other end times great tribulation thing that they need to do. Okay, while we're all going, oh no, H5N1, it's got to be the next one. You're not going to guess it. 
it's most likely if if you're going to use probability, it's most likely the Sears version, that Sears one that I talked about the other time, that that they're actually doing the um, tabletop exercise over. Although with all the controversy ha- going over with Bill and his little, who knows what's going to happen? And they eat their young, even if they're billionaires, they eat their young because the people that are in control are quadrillionaires. I don't even, they, they definitely, I mean, just read the book, Committee of 300. It's a big read, but you'll learn so much you won't know what to do with it all. All right, praise God. Next one up. Washington Post says DeSantis signs law allowing for him to run for president while remaining governor, which is good because he ain't going to get the presidency. He might upset, you know, we, we already talked about it. All right, praise God. Next one up. All right, Microsoft says uh, that the, that there are Chinese hackers that have compromised the critical infrastructure of the United States of America, uh, and the Department of Homeland Security warns that it is a, and I'm quoting, grave threat. Now, this is merits extreme attention, and the reason why is because if any First and foremost, it's extremely viable. It has been a big worry of all the people that work in cybersecurity. And we have some of the most evil agencies in the world involved. Microsoft, Bill Gates, mass murderer, baby killer. I mean, look. What would, the Department of Homeland Security was created for the purpose of putting people into camps and killing them. Killing them. Okay, so anyway, I, I hope you're seeing a little bit of the logic here. Now, now, but we already know these kinds of things are going to come. It wasn't the internet takedown that Klaus was pointing to as the coup de grace. It was the taking down of the um, power grid infrastructure and causing a blackout. And don't get me going on the fact that about 10 or 11 years ago, Nat Geo came out and did a, uh, a series, a documentary series called, you know, American Blackout. Why didn't they say Slovakian Blackout? Why didn't they say Mauritius Blackout? Why did they say American Blackout? Nobody ever asked these questions. Is it coming? Yeah. Do I have to get off my lazy butt and get out there and get some fresh gas in my tank so I'm ready with my generator? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Thank God I didn't waste $5,000 on an off-grid solar panel system that would keep my one fan in one fridge and maybe a light bulb running for all of about 30 minutes before the thing starts going. Beep, beep, beep. You're at 60%. You need to shut it down. And then you got to wait for like four weeks for the things to jar batch up. But they are not a good investment. Solar systems are absolutely horrible investments. They are the worst. All right, but, you know, don't listen to me. Go go like my friend did and decided to ignore me, went out and spent $30,000 on hers, only to have it destroyed by a hailstorm about uh, two months after she had it installed. And then once the insurance company came back and it fixed all of this wonderful $30,000 investment that she made, I was on the phone with her during uh, Hurricane Ian when it shifted gears and changed direction and went straight towards Sebring. So now all of a sudden I'm on the phone with her because I was getting ready to go to her house. But that's when Ian changed and went to her house instead of to my house. And I said, oh, hallelujah. And I, I, I was, you know, I called her up on the phone. I said, are you okay? She said, things are getting pretty bad here. But thank God I have my uh, solar uh, panels and everything, and, and I got power in the house. And she barely got that sentence completed before she said, oops, 
Uh, spoke too soon. <laughs> Power just went out. So I did not. I knew she was nervous, and I didn't say I told you so. But I did. I had uh, about a 60-minute conversation about the electronics, how it works, what works, what doesn't work, what's going to happen, what will never happen, all that kind of stuff. And she still decided to believe the hype and went out and dropped 30 grand of her own money. And please do not believe the tax incentives. They are a lie from Satan. All right, the next one up. 15 people dead when tap water is contaminated with human feces. And this is happening in, in at three different places across South Africa, which is actually the country of South Africa. Now, brother, uh, Joe, hang in there for me. We got a ton of time, and um, I just got a very teeny-weeny little uh, bit more headlines, and then we'll jump right over to you. So um, very we're notorious for that. This program is notorious. I wish there was a way to let every single guest know that sometimes the headlines go a little bit over time, and it's not a big deal because we got we have so much time. We have till ten Eastern Standard Time uh, for for your testimony. So you're you're you got enough time to give. 50 testimonies. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to be right with you. All right, next one up. All right. Uh, according to uh, this particular, it says the, he- the headline is, Will Hang with Satan Instead. Target receives massive backlash after woke Pride Month merchandise designer is exposed to be a Satanist. Well, basically what this is saying, if you read the article, is that, you know, these different companies that are being forced by the World Economic Forum because they're owned by them. They're owned by Vanguard. They're owned by Larry Fink. They're owned what, – what an interesting last name too, right? Fink? Come on. I mean some things are just not coincidences. But anyway, of BlackRock and, – and these companies are telling them you're going to do it or else. Or we're going to shut you down. Probably worse than that even. So now what's happening is a lot of these companies, you know, they had the Bud Light panic, and they're still having the Bud Light panic, but a lot of them are just kind of saying, ah, the heck with it. We're all going to do it. We're going to do what we want to, and we don't care if you boycott us. We'll take the hit, and eventually you'll come back. Okay, so that's the way they're looking at it, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, whatever. I, I, anyway, so next one up. Okay, so again, please consider going to tribulation-now.org. Uh, you'll be able to see a fantastic, very close-up uh, uh, image of Joe Biden with the rubber mask on, hiding the fact that he's a reptilian. And I zoomed in. Uh, now, remember, the Testament of Amaran in the Dead Sea Scrolls says, and I do quote, I saw watchers in my vision, and I asked them, what are you? And they answered and said, we have been made masters and rule over the sons of men. I raised my eyes and saw one of them his looks were frightening like those of a viper you really don't want you know some folks from the roman catholic church in 300 a.d to pick out which bible books belong in our canon i love the ethiopians and they, they just said i'll fill you on all that noise we're we're going to decide what what what's anointed and what isn't next one up Russia signs a deal to deploy tactical nuclear weapons in Belarus, so things are moving forward on the nuke front. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Iran unveils a 2,000-kilometer range ballistic missile, and we were talking uh, several, a couple of years ago, actually, about them launching satellites that would give them the guidance capabilities that they needed to be able to take such a missile and fly it directly where they want to. That means it 
Tel Aviv, downtown Tel Aviv, downtown Jerusalem, take your pick, whatever. They probably won't hit Jerusalem uh, because of the fact that, um, you know, it's a secret city to them as well. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Brother Joe Sanchez. This is going to be a powerful testimony, folks, and uh, you're going to be blessed by this. Really, really blessed. Praise God. And we just praise Jesus for him taking the time to join us and to bless the people of God and as many we pray as he possibly can, as we would all hope. All right, and let's go ahead and bring him on right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I have the number here for Joe, and I don't know if precious sister Nancy is listening at all. She does handle all of our guests. We are five, six, seven, eight minutes after the hour, and we do not have Brother Sanchez on the call, Doc, with the number that he had given us, which is very unfortunate because I was deeply, deeply wanting to hear this testimony. As a matter of fact, the write-up where I put this testimony is sure to bring you closer to Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe he's listening in on the show because he just dialed in, and we have him now. So praise Jesus. Let's go ahead and bring him on. Brother Joe, are you there? Oh, praise the Lord. Yes, I was trying to get a hold of you. Praise the Lord, brother. Oh, yeah, no problem. No, I um, it, I can hear you gorgeously. Okay, thank you so much. God bless. Praise God. I don't know what Nancy told you, uh, but uh, it, treat this like an electronic ecclesia. Pretend like, you know, I'm grabbing my folding chair and going into the background, and you're taking the mic, and you're talking to a whole large group of people, and it's not interactive. This is your opportunity to share from your heart with all the listeners what happened to you and and. You, the Holy Spirit through you will guide you. We know that already. You know that already. So take it away. It belongs to you. The microphone is yours, and you have until ten if you want it. Now you don't don't feel like you have to take the whole time. We've had some guests who are like, okay. oh, I got to keep on talking. I got to keep on talking. No, 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 no. That is a window of time that we've made available okay. to you to use. But if oh. once you're at a place that you feel good and that you feel you know then then we can get you to hopefully close with a prayer for us tonight but do and not feel like you have to go all the way to ten. okay praise god and anyway on that okay. note i'm going to grab my virtual folding chair and turn the mic over to you god bless you brother joe <laughs> well praise the lord brothers thank you so much for for inviting me this is the first time i've ever experienced anything like this so i give all the honor and glory to our lord mighty jesus christ but i want to start off with prayer and I'm going to pray right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, Lord, touch every man, woman, and child that hears this, uh, this on the radio station, Lord. You know their hearts. You know people are hurting. You know people need you, Lord. People, you know, perish without lack of knowledge. We love you, Jesus. We ask you to touch every man, woman, and child. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, I just want to tell you a testimony, how Jesus saved me. When I was 13 years old, and I'm not going to get into it too much. I had a horrible, horrible childhood, and I know a lot of people could relate to me because that's what's going on in today's world. You know, 
majority of people are suffering, they're tormented, and uh, bad things are happening to them. And I went through a lot of it. So at 13 years old, I wanted to commit suicide. I hated my life. I wanted to die so bad. I didn't join no gangs, no drugs. I didn't do anything. Um, bad things would happen to me. And what it was, demons used to come out of the ground and, and torment me all my childhood since I was five years old. And nobody could help me. Nobody would help. I had no one to go to. And I felt like an alien in this world. And I just wanted to die so bad. So this is what happened. And I give all the honor and glory to our Lord, mighty Jesus Christ. I'll never forget this. I uh, went to sleep, and uh, me and my sister shared the room. She had her bed. I had my bed. We were a very small, tiny house. And um, and what happened was I was floating, and I saw myself asleep. And I was floating in the room. And I looked to my left. I see my sister. To my right, where I'm at, is where I'm sleeping. I look around in the room. No fear. Nothing. Because... I wanted to die so bad that anywhere besides Earth uh, where I was alive is better than, than, you know, because of the pain and suffering that was going inside of my heart. And next thing you know, I went through the roof, and I was floating on top of the roof, and I could see the streets. It was nighttime. I see all the street lights. We lived on a corner, and I could look all down the streets and the lights, and I said, this is amazing. I go, wow, thank you. You know, I didn't say thank you to you. I just said, wow. And then next thing you know, I shot up. And next thing you know, for a split second, I saw earth. And the next thing you know, I shoot straight up. And next thing you know, I'm in these. The only way I could describe it is after it rains in California, you get the thick cotton ball like clouds, and it's so thick and beautiful. So I'm in these clouds. And and it was amazing. I mean, absolutely and most amazing experience. I will move my both my hands back and forth, and whatever you want to call it, the clouds will go right through my fingers. The air was more precious than I could. I can't even put into words where I go, and I couldn't get enough of it. It was amazing, and I felt peace. I felt love. I'm like. I, this is what I want to be for the rest of my life. And and I didn't look up. I was so amazed. I kept staring at my hands and moving. The, the clouds were going through my fingers, and I didn't know where I was at. I just knew I wasn't on earth because I saw earth and and this bright light, and this it was hitting my heart, and it was full of love, but I didn't look up. And and then next thing you know, when I look up, I saw Jesus standing before me. Our Lord mighty Jesus Christ with his hands up, with love. He looked right into my eyes, and I looked at him. And his love, I cannot begin to tell you how amazing our Lord mighty Jesus Christ's love for me and for everybody on this earth. He loves you, every man, woman, and child. You hear me? Jesus loves you. And when he poured his love out to me, I started remembering everything I went through as a child. The the hurt, the torment, the demons that would attack me every night. And 
I was hurt. I wanted to die so bad, and I knew Jesus was calling me, and this is what I did, and it's going to be shocking. I looked Jesus right in, in his eyes, and I pointed my finger at him. I pointed my finger right at him, and I said, you're fake, and you're not real. I pointed down, and <laughs> the clouds opened up. I saw earth, and I said, Joe, wake up now. I woke up, and I'm like, this, this is not real. This is not real. I let it go. I let it go out of my mind, and I went back to how I was going to commit suicide. How do I slash my wrists? Do I? Do I? I, I didn't. I, I was scared. I was scared to commit suicide. But I was so depressed. I thought about death day and night. How am I going to kill myself? I thought about day and night. And what happened? The week goes by. And, and I'll never forget this because when it happened, the first time was on a Friday, and I woke up on Saturday morning. And again, the next Friday night, same thing. Here we go. So this time, I'm standing up again. I'm floating. I see myself asleep. This is a week later. I see myself asleep. I see my sister, and I go, wait. I go, this is real? I start pinching myself. I go, wait. I'm talking to myself. I go, this is real? And... No fear, nothing. I go through the roof, and I look, and it's beautiful. I, I, I'm, it's, it's in my head for the rest of my life. So Jesus takes me home. I'll never forget what Jesus did for me. I look at the streets, down the streets, the lights. It's beautiful. You look in the sky. It's gorgeous. And I like this is pretty cool. I shoot straight up. I see Earth again, and then I shoot all the way up. And this time. I'm in these clouds again, but I know where I'm at. I know I'm in heaven. And I didn't look up, and I know Jesus is standing right there, but I didn't want Jesus to see that I loved it there. And I know it sounds crazy, but remember, I'm 13 years old, 13 years old. So I wanted to act macho. I wanted to go enjoy it. It was an amazing experience, but I wanted, I didn't want Jesus to see it. So I would go, like little breaths, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but this, <laughs> and I didn't want Jesus to see, I loved it, and I was like, this is amazing, <laughs> I just, <laughs> oh, amazing marriage, but the love of Jesus was hitting me, hitting me, hitting me at my heart, it was so powerful, and I go, I'm going to do the same thing, so I look up, I look up, and Jesus is standing before me with his arms up and and with the love just pouring into my heart. Like and this time, it's even stronger than last time. I raised my finger to tell Jesus the same thing I told him last time. But Jesus touched my heart and his love. I can't even begin to tell you how amazing his love is. And I said, Jesus, I surrender. I raised my arms up. Both of my arms. I said, Jesus, I surrender whatever you want. I'm yours. As soon as I said that, I woke up. I woke up. I'm laying on the back of my bed. The sun is just coming up. It's early in the morning, Saturday morning. And the ceiling you look up, so anybody hears me, just look up. The ceiling you, you see, seven-digit phone number, big, uh, black, bold numbers were written across the ceiling. I, I'm, I'm, I'm waking up, and I see this phone number. 
I get up, I get a, uh, a pencil, I believe it was a pencil, and a paper, and I'm writing it uh, over my bed. As I'm writing it, the phone number disappears as I write the phone number down. I go in the living room, and this is probably around, I want to say, 6.30ish, around there. I, I, I don't know exact time, but I know the sun was coming up. And I, I I didn't know what to do. I sat down. I, I am trying to process everything this, because this is real time. I'm 13 years old, and Jesus took me to heaven. I just surrender my life over to Jesus. I get on my – I don't know how to pray. I, I know nothing. I get on my knees, and I cry out to Jesus. And this is what I said. I go, Jesus, my family don't go to church. I don't know anybody. I, I, I don't know how to serve you. I don't know what church to go to. I have no idea. And I cried to Jesus. I said, Jesus, I need help. And I get up off my knees. I'm in the living room. And I sit down. And I'm still, I feel, and I'm in, I felt peace. I felt comfort. I felt love. I'm feeling Jesus' love all over me. And it was amazing. That's why I love Jesus so much. His love would change your life like that. It's amazing. If you let him in your heart, he would change your life. Ask Jesus to come into your life. Ask Jesus. Say, Jesus, are you real? Are you really real? Is Joe not just telling the truth? Jesus, I want a real Jesus. I want a Jesus that speaks. It's not on a piece of paper, on the wall, picture frame. Jesus is alive and amazing. And what happened? I waited. I had this phone number. I'm sitting I'm sitting on, on a living room couch, and I have this phone number. And I go, I have this phone. I don't know who this is. And I go, okay, I'm going to wait. I, I know I should wait around 8 o'clock. But I was so curious of this phone number Jesus gave me <laughs> on the ceiling. And I, I have it in my hand. So I go, Okay, I, I must have been right before 8 o'clock. Oh, forgive me, I don't know the exact time, but it was right before 8 o'clock. And I said, I'm going to call it. And remember, this is before cell phones where you, 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 I don't know what they call it, rotary, where you push the button and it turns in a circle. And um, so I dial the phone number. And I go, I'm just going to listen. And I put the, you know, the phone close to my ear, and I'm just going to listen. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm scared. I don't, I don't know who this is. And so I call it. I call this phone number, and I hear the other line, hello, and I recognize the voice. I go, Ruben? He goes, Joey, because I was called Joey growing up. Joey? And I go, Ruben? He goes, he goes, how'd you get my number? And I go, uh, uh, I just found it. I, I didn't want nobody to know. Because remember, this is all real time. This is happening like this. And I, I'm trying to process everything that's happening. So when I was a kid, we lived in the outskirts of a town called Tulare, way in the outskirts. And he was my best friend. We went to school together, and he lived right around the corner from me. And I used to stay the night all the time. I used to be at his house all the time. Well, his uncle went to this small church, and he used to drive all the way out there and pick us up and take us to church. Because when I was with Ruben, Ruben would get up and say, hey, my uncle's going to pick up to, uh, to take me and my family to church. He goes, would you like to go, Joe? 
I I didn't care where Ruben went as long as I was with him. That's all I cared about because what I went through, nobody knew what I went through, and I never wanted to be home. And the violence and the evilness that I went through, it was pure evil. So I, I if you hear my testimonies, I have more testimonies where I slept in the streets. I, I didn't want to go home even as a kid. I, I, I was sleeping in Sister Gloria's yard because of the torment and the violence and pure evil in the house. It was just ugly. But anyway, so... So Ruben used to take me, you know, his uncle would come pick up, pick us up and take us to his church, the small apostolic assembly church. And so when he's, he, when Ruben is talking to me, I go, I'm saying to myself, Jesus, you want me to go to his church? I said, okay, okay. And I go, hey, Ruben. He goes, yes, yes. I go, do you still go to that church? He goes, yes, I go to that church. And, he go, and I go, oh, where's the church at? And he goes, there's a corner of Kern and D Street. And everybody knows where it's at if you're into Larry. And I'm like, that's walking distance. And I'm saying this to myself. And I go, hey, Ruben. He goes, yeah. And I go, is there any way I, I can go to church? And he goes, yes, you could come to church. And I go, what time does it start? He goes, it starts at 10. I'll be there. And I go, what time are you going to be there? He goes, I'll be there at 9. And I said, okay, Ruben, I'm going to be there at 930. If you do not show up, I don't care. The whole congregation comes out of the church and says, come on in, young man. I am not going into that church unless you're there. And he goes, Joey, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. I said, okay. So I hang up. I'm excited. I'm like, wow, Jesus, you're amazing. He just takes me to heaven. I surrender my life over to Jesus. He gives me a phone number. He tells me what church to go to. And then I connect with my best friend as a little kid. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, okay. I go, how am I going to tell my mom? <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. So I'll never forget. My mom wakes up. And my mom goes, good morning, mijo. I go, good morning, mom. And she goes, would you like some breakfast? I said, yes, mom. So I'm sitting, you know, in the kitchen, and my mom's making the chirizo, egg, and papas, and frijoles, and, and this is all, you know, growing up. We Mexicans, this is where we grow up with this food every day. And, and I was like, yes. So as my mom is making the food, I see her back. And I go, mom, I go, I have a favor to ask you. And she goes, yes, mijo. And I go, Will you iron my clothes for me? Because growing up, uh, it happens in a lot of Mexican tradition, um, even my little sister, everybody has to iron my clothes. Um, that was just the way it was. And so I needed clothes to be ironed for church. And they normally do it for, you know, when I go to school, they iron my clothes. But I need clothes iron for church. And I go, Mom, um, can you – can you please iron my clothes for me for tomorrow? And I see my mom say, yeah, no problem, you know. And she's cooking, and I see her thinking because she's like, tomorrow's Sunday, wait. And she goes, wait a minute, you She goes, uh, can I ask you why? And I go, I- I'm going to church. And she goes, church? She turns around, and she goes, church? Who? When? Where? And, and I go, uh, uh, I can remember Ruben? And she goes, yeah, because, you know, he used to come over and visit when we lived in the outskirts. I go, uh, I, I found his number. Again, I didn't want to tell nobody what Jesus gave me the phone number. And I go, and, and I called Ruben, and he invited me to church. 
but I invited myself. But I didn't want nobody to know. And my mom thought about it. And she goes, oh, oh, okay. And I remember when I went to church, I remember Sister Gloria. She means the world to me. And she would start talking. We'd sit in class. And I just, I was just happy to see Reuben. I don't know what's going on. And the sister Gloria started reading scriptures, you know, the Ephesians chapter 6, that we go against, you know, principalities and darkness. And, and she will talk about demons. And she will talk about evil spirits and, you know, their demons. And, and, and I'm sitting in class. And I'm looking around, I'm like, it's hitting me in my heart when she's talking because that's what I'm going through. But I'm like, how come nobody's raising their hand? Because I'm new. I, I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't know anybody besides Ruben. And I go, how come nobody's raising their hand? And I'm looking around in classroom and I want someone to raise their hand and ask, what do you mean demons? What do you mean? And nobody did, so I'm like, Okay, I'll do it. I raised my hand, and Sister Gloria, you know, and she'll say, yes, mijo. And I go, um, what do you mean, demons? And she goes, okay, mijo, let's go in the scriptures. And she will read in scriptures and tell me about demons. And I'm like, I raised my hand again. And she goes, yes, mijo. I go, you mean the real? She goes, yes. And see, and, and I start stopping the class a lot because – this is what I've been going through since I was a child. And nobody could help me. Nobody was there for me. And I'm my own mother. And I went through so much suffering and pain and torment. Nobody could explain to me. And I'm like, wow. And, and, and everybody started looking at me in class. And I didn't want them to think I was a weirdo. Or, but I was curious. I wanted to know. What do you mean? And she explained it. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. It changed my life. Jesus told me to go to Apostolic Assembly Church. It was a oneness, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I surrendered my life over to Jesus. At 14 years old, I received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. Jesus started speaking to me with other, I mean, excuse me, in an audible voice. It, it changed my life. I will cry my heart out to Jesus. And this goes for every man and woman and child that hears me. You know what I told Jesus when Jesus would talk to me in an audible voice? I go, Jesus, I told Jesus this. I go, Jesus, I need a real Jesus. I am so hungry. I cannot stand fakeness. I need something real. And I go, Jesus, if you are my Alpha and Omega, you're my king. And I know I probably didn't use Alpha and Omega, but I says, if you are my Savior, you, I want you to speak to me like Elijah, Moses, David. I want you to speak to me like you did to them. And you know what Jesus said? He says, okay. I go, wait a minute. Just like that, Jesus? And he goes, yes. And I go, remember, I'm a kid. I'm a kid. Nobody's teaching me this. Nobody talks like this. And I go, wait a minute, Jesus. I go, can I ask you why? He goes, son, you asked me. And and if everybody knows in John fourteen fourteen, Jesus is saying this. Ask anything in my name, and I will do it. Who said that? Jesus. What is his name? Jesus. 
I, I, I love it because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was 13. So I was blown away. Now how amazing. Jesus took me to heaven face to face. He, he led me to the church. And he's speaking to me in audible voice. And I tell Jesus, Jesus, I want you to talk to me like you did with Moses and Elijah. And he said, yes. I go, just like that? He goes, yes, because you ask. You ask. And there's Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, when you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with, this is the key thing I tell everybody, all your heart. And Jesus will, what about Revelation 3.20? Jesus, I come at the door and knock, but you have to open the door. You open that door, and Jesus will come unto you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus will change your life. He will deliver you if you're going through things that are horrific, and I know. I know me and my wife have a ministry that we do for Jesus, and people reach out to us all around the world. All around the world, they reach out to me. And you know what I tell them? Jesus. 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 Jesus will deliver you. Jesus will heal you. I don't care what it is. There's nothing Jesus cannot do. What's impossible by man is possible by Jesus. We serve a King Jesus, Alpha and Omega, all-knowing, all-powerful. I love Jesus. He's amazing. And I'm going to tell you another. This is a testimony that blows people away. So when I was a kid, remember, and now I'm around 15 years old, 15, I, I, around this time, because Jesus saved me at 13. I received a, I got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ at 13. I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues at 14. And so I'll never forget this. So when I'm walking home, and I'm going to try to paint this picture, when I walked home at night, I went home all hours at night. Sometimes I never went home because of the violence and evil, evil in the house. And I went through that my whole life. I'd rather sleep in the streets than go home. I didn't join gangs. I didn't rob and steal. I didn't do none of that. I, I, I was an innocent kid. I didn't do any of that. I didn't even cuss. I don't even cuss now. Thank you, Jesus. And and I remember one night I'm going home. I'm walking. I'm in, I'm in my church clothes, you know, uh, like apostolic Pentecostal, all white with a tie. And, and I never owned a suit in my life. To this day, I still don't have one. <laughs> it's okay. And I have my Bible, and I'm walking home. And this is – I'm going to paint a picture for you, brothers and sisters. As I used to walk home every night, it didn't matter where it was. All the demons used to jump on trees on both sides of the road, jump on trees and jump on roofs. And they used to tell me, wait till you get home, Joe. Wait till you get home. He said, we're going to kill you tonight. We're going to kill you tonight, Joe. I went through this every single night. I didn't how Jesus saved my life every night, and, and I'm a warrior for Jesus. And now I understand why I went through that, because I am a warrior for Jesus. I love Jesus. I would die for Jesus. And there's nothing, nothing in this world or anything that will ever separate my love for my Jesus. Because I met him face to face, and he had mercy, he had compassion, he had favor for me to take me to heaven and stand before me. I, I love Jesus, and I thank him for everything he's done for me. 
And I remember the demons will always do every single night. And I said, I know, I know. I will walk and, and get attacked all night long. So this night, I'm walking. Nothing like this happens now. There's no demons on the trees. And I walk. I normally walk in the middle of the street, and I can see the demons on both sides. But that night, nothing. And I'm walking. I have my Bible, and I'm singing Jesus' song or whatever. I'm always talking to Jesus. And I'll never forget this. A person started coming out of the ground as I'm walking. And he comes out of the ground. I don't stop. I'm walking. Jesus speaks to me in my Holy Ghost. He says, don't forget who you serve. I serve King Jesus. This person comes out of the ground, and we're walking. Now we're walking step by step like a soldier. We're walking in in, in unity, and, and we're walking. And And he goes, Satan turns and looks right into my eyes, and I look right at him as we're walking. He goes, do you know who I am? And I go, you're Lucifer. And he goes, that's right. And I've never felt fear, death, in all my life. Ugly, pure evil. And I'm going to tell you what he looked like. He didn't come as what he looked like. He came, his hair was slick black. He wore a black suit, beautiful suit, black shoes, shining. He wore, he was, I don't know what he called, clean. But his skin, the only way I could explain this, I tell people, his skin was like a porcelain doll. His eyes were like a cat eyes. And he starts talking to me. Remember, I'm walking home. This is around midnight. One o'clock in the morning, I'm walking home, and he starts telling me that he attacks children, how he does it. He goes after uh, uh, pastor's kids and, and all these. He tells me what he does and how he plants a seed and how he gets them possessed, and he does it, and not even the church people know it, not pastors, ministers, and all these people. They're oblivious to his tactics. And I'm walking with him, and he's telling me horrific things that he does to children. And I'm like, Jesus, why is he telling me this? I'm saying this to myself as we're walking, and I like it hurts my ears to even hear this. Why? Why would he say this to me? Why? I never understood. So we walk, and we lived on a corner of a street. We, met, we we walk to the corner. As the middle of the corner of the street, we turn and we faced each other. He's in a suit. He's almost the same size as me. And I have my Bible. I'm dressed in an apostolic, uh, you know, uh, church, you know, how we dress. And he looks at me. And he points to the ground, to the side of the road he's at. And he points his finger, his hand, and he he lifts his hand up, and I never saw so many demons that came out of the ground. And I know it's crazy the numbers that I say, but I'm telling you, millions. Then 
he's doing this in front of me. And I'm staring at him. My mouth is dropping to the floor. And I'm like, oh, wow. And then he points to the house I live in. Because remember, I get attacked every night. Every single night. He points his hand to the house and he lifts it up to the top of the roof. And I've never saw so many demons come out of a small, tiny house. And he lifts it up. My mouth drops even more because I go, this is what I go through every night. And he moves his hand to the rest of the demons. He he pulls them out of the ground. And they all go and they line up with the rest of the demons. And my mouth is in awe because this is what I go through every single night. And Lucifer stands in front of me, Satan, that's who he is, stands before me, and he goes, Joe, I have an offer for you. Would you like to hear it? And I'm going to tell you something. It blew my ears away. I go, why was Satan want to make a deal with me? I'm a nobody. I'm a kid. Nobody believes my stories. No one believes me. No minister. No pastor. Everybody says, get away. Are you sure you serve Jesus? Are you sure you hear from Jesus? I've heard that my whole life. And, and he's standing before me. This is saying, and he goes, Joe, would you like to hear? I have an offer for you. Would you like to hear it? And I'm like, uh, yeah, we have to offer. I'm just curious. I'm curious. Why me? I'm a kid. And he goes, Joe, because of you, because of you, Joe, this is what he points at me. I have people in bondage, unbreakable chains, and that is quote from Satan. But because of you. Because of you, go tell people about him. He didn't even say Jesus because all I say is Jesus. You won't hear me say God. You won't hear me say Father. You're not going to hear me say Holy Spirit. I'm going to say Jesus, 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 because that's who I serve. He goes, because of who, because of your love and, and the way you talk about him, I cannot hold him no more. And I go, really? And you're like, inside of me, I'm like, really? People hear me? I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because I didn't think anybody would ever listen to me. I tell everybody about Jesus. I will go street corners. I pray for the homeless. I pray for, I pray for everybody in the streets. I tell people in school. I tell people even in church about Jesus, and everybody thought I was crazy. And he goes, this is what Satan said. He goes, I don't care if you go to heaven. And he pointed to all those demons. He goes, they will never, ever touch you again, Joe. He goes, go to heaven. Go ahead and be with him. Him, singular, one, him. And it was like music to my ears. I'm like, wow, not to be attacked again. Oh, my goodness. Nobody understands what I went through. No one could ever come close unless you're going through it right now. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And I knew there was a catch. He goes, but there's one thing you cannot do. He goes, go to heaven. I'll never touch you. I'll never attack you. None of my demons. He goes, they'll never 
to touch you again. He goes, there's one thing you cannot do. And I go, what's that? He points to the Bible in my hand. He goes, you could never tell another person about him. Him. Who's him? You hear my voice? You hear me? It's Jesus. You know what this passion is love? It's Jesus. I, I have been attacked. Jesus saved my life so many times. I have testimonies of so many times. Miracles after miracles after miracles. Who was it? Jesus by himself. Jesus the great I am. And, and he goes, you can't tell them about him. And I go, I couldn't believe Satan's offered me a deal. And I, I, I just couldn't believe it. Why me? But it felt amazing when Satan said that when I tell people about Jesus, that he can't hold them. He said they are in bondage, unbreakable chains, and I pray for them. I tell them about Jesus, that Jesus loves you, and every man and woman child hears me. Jesus loves you, and he can deliver you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you just call on the name of Jesus. Get on your knees and repent. Get on your knees. Get on your face. I don't care where you're at. If you're in the desert, you're in the woods, you're in the alley, you're in the attic, you're in the basement, you're in the bedroom, get on your face and ask Jesus. Repent and ask him to come into your heart. Ask if he's real. Ask if Jesus is real. And watch what happens. I'm living proof. I, and, and Jesus told me that if anybody opens their heart, he will come to them. But you have to open that door. You have to. But anyways, so when, when Satan made that offer, I decided I looked at him. And he goes, wow, he was unpatient. And I go, Satan, I call him Lucifer. I go, Lucifer, it sounds like an amazing offer, but I can't. I go, how can I deny another person an opportunity to, to hear Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus, what Jesus did for me? How can I deny another person? As I'm saying this to Satan, Lucifer, his skin started to break, like the movies, started to break his skin. And he started to grow into this hideous, transforming into this hideous, ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. His clothes started to fall off him because it was ripping. And his skin, the, the, the white porcelain skin started to fall off him. And he started to come to this form of this hideous thing I've ever seen. And I told Lucifer, I'm sorry. I cannot accept your offer. I will die for Jesus. And I will tell every single person, whoever comes to me, I will tell them about Jesus. And he got so angry. He put his hand and moved it over. All those demons that came out of the house, he he moved them. He moved them, and they were more this time, more demons than the first time he took them out, and they went in the house. Then the other demons, they went down to the ground. He put them down, and he looked straight at me, and he looked – I couldn't even look at him anymore because he was so hideous. And I go, Jesus, here I come. I'm going to die. He's going to kill me right here. But I'm willing to die for Jesus. And I turned my head and kind of 
quenched my eyes because I couldn't look at him and the death and the ugliness that was standing before me. And he goes, Joe, the last thing I do, I'm going to kill you. And then before he, he, he left, he also said, Joe, when you tell people about him, I'm going to tell them you're crazy. <laughs> and I stopped Lucifer. I said, it's too late. Nobody believes me. No one believes me when I tell them how amazing Jesus is, that he's real. All you have to do is open your heart to Jesus, to Jesus. How hard is it to say his name? How hard is it to say, Jesus, are you real? I love you. How hard is it? And I told him it's too late. Nobody believes me. And I closed my eyes, and I thought he was going to kill me right there. He vanished. He left. And I turned around. Before I turned around, I saw all those demons that went in the house. As I turned around, I saw two warrior, tall angels, the most glorious angels I've ever seen, came down. There was like three steps. You go up to the door. And the angels, they must have been, I'm kidding, 10 feet, 12 feet tall. They were in this long robe, and they had this golden staff. It was tall. I mean, and I, I, my mouth dropped, and I was staring. At, I have to walk between them. And I knew Jesus was protecting me that night because I denied Satan. I denied his offer, and I'm willing to die for Jesus even to this day. And as I'm walking between these two angels, I'm going up. I'm walking between these two angels, and, and the robes—they're beautiful, amazing. And I'll never forget this. As I'm walking, I'm staring at both angels. And they were wearing like this helmet too. I don't know what it was, but like I, I'm telling you, it was glorious. I mean, I'm not good at explaining things, but that was amazing. The angel on the right hand side, as I'm walking between both of them, he looks right at me. And he nodded his head towards me. Like, you know, when you say good job, you're proud of somebody. Like, good job for denying Satan. Good job. And he nodded. He didn't say one word, but that's, I, I, I've, that's what I got. And I looked at him like, thank you. Like, wow. He's, he's like, good job without saying a word for denying Satan. And I walked in. I went to my room, I got on my knees, I cried my heart out to Jesus, and I said, I love you, I love you, I will die for you, whatever you want, Jesus, and I had the best sleep that night, (laughs) not every night, but I'm a warrior for Jesus, and that is how amazing Jesus is. If you open your heart, brothers and sisters, I don't care who you are, man, woman, and child, and I know that we get a lot of people that reach out to us that are hurting. Bad things are happening. But I promise you, if you reach your, you turn your heart over to Jesus, allow him to come into you, I promise he'll deliver you. He will deliver you. Jesus is amazing. And I'm proud. I'm proud. And, you know, I tell everybody the same thing since I was 13 years old. I tell everybody the same thing because, you know what, even Satan didn't want me to tell people about Jesus. 
only Jesus, and it will change your life. When you hear my voice, I don't, I can't explain it, but Jesus says when I speak, something happens. I, I don't know what it is, but you can hear it. Don't listen to me. Listen to Jesus. If you don't believe me, pray to Jesus, and I want you to pray to Jesus. I, I, I'm just a simple man that been through so much in life, and I'm excited to tell people about Jesus because Jesus told me when he's done using me, he's taking me home, and that is my goal. Even after I'm on this radio station, I'm like, okay, Jesus, I get a chance to go home. I get closer to go home and be with Jesus. I love him. There's nothing in this world that I want in this world. I love my wife. She's a godly woman, but we are here to do Jesus' will to die out daily, to pick up that heavy burden cross that nobody wants to pick up. How do you pick up that cross? You get on your knees and you pick up that cross. It says to decrease and let God increase. We have to get out the way. We are always in the way. And I'm talking about myself. We have to do this every day, all day long. Pray without ceasing. That's First Thessalonians 5.17. Excuse me, I don't read and say proper words, but Jesus loves you. He's amazing. All you have to do is say, look, look at Jesus, are you real? That's it. From the bottom of your heart. We care for people. I love Jesus. What he has done for me, the miracles after miracles after miracles. You know, I have this cute testimony I tell people. I used to drive for Lyft, and I used to pick up all these passengers, and I have a hat that says Jesus. I still wear it. I have a hat that says Jesus. I have it says Jesus loves you in the back. I have the big, bold, white letters that says Jesus. On the side, it says Acts 4.12, and the other side, it says Acts 2.38. And I tell everybody this, and I love to tell people the story. You know, when I was a kid, 13 and 14, and this happened a couple of times, and I never had money. I, I never had money. You hear me, brothers and sisters? But if you love Jesus, Jesus is a provider. He will, he will blow your mind. And you know what? You got to get yourself out of the way. I tell people, start over with Jesus. You think you know who Jesus is? You're wrong. You can never know who Jesus is uh, fully. Because you're telling me you're going to know all-knowing, all-powerful in your puny little brain that we only use, what, 10%? I know I don't have a perfect number, but you know what I mean. It's literally like 10% of your brain. Really? We're going to comprehend the alpha, the omega, all-knowing, all-powerful in your brain? No way. There's no way. His way is above our ways. His understanding is above our understanding. He is that amazing. And even when I tell you, even though what Jesus did all these miracles, even though I saw Jesus face to face more than once, I still don't know how amazing he is because he's amazing. That's the only way I can explain it. I know. Wrap your brain around that. <laughs> it's, it's, that's why I tell people, start over. Everything you think you know who Jesus is, throw it out the door. Everything, tradition of church, uh, your family goes there, you think you know, I don't care. 
who you are. I don't care if you're even a pastor. Get on your knees and repent. Ask Jesus to come into, his, into your life and have Jesus guide you, direct you, and show you who he is and what he wants for you. Because a lot of times we get stalemate. We, we, we get in the way. We think, oh, I'm a man of God. I'm a pastor. I'm a minister. Oh, I do this for Jesus. And next thing you know, you get in the way. You start to put yourself as equal as Jesus. And how is Jesus going to use you fully? Yes, he'll still use you because he loves his children. He will never deny his children. And I tell this to everybody. Repent. We have to do it every day. Get on your knees. Repent. Ask Jesus, create in me a new mind, a new heart. Open our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears, and let me hear your voice in the name of Jesus Christ. So I never had money. And I went to the Apostolic Church, and it's Hispanic. And so all the, the, the ladies' group, they will make uh, Mexican food after church, Sunday morning church. So Sunday will be like from 10 to 12. So after 12 o'clock, they have all this food, and they will sell the food for like 75 cents with a little fruit punch, 10 cents more. It's 85 cents. So and the, they had a huge dining hall and the cafe, you know the the cafeteria or I don't know what you call it the kitchen excuse me and then they had a payphone right there a brand new payphone and so I will always walk up and I see all the food and and the ladies the sisters will say Mio are you hungry yeah yeah do you have money Mio no. You don't have money? No, and normally they will pay for it. The pastor, the ministers, people from the church will say, we'll, we'll pay for Joe. We'll pay for him. And I'm a little kid, and I'm 13. Remember, I'm 13, 14 years old. And I remember one time I, I'm there. And this time no one offers to buy me food. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm hungry. My stomach is growling, and and no one offers to buy me food. And I'm like, but Jesus, I'm hungry. And I go, you know, I'm going to call you, Jesus. So I go to the payphone. It's inside the church, the cafeteria. Uh, I keep saying cafeteria, the kitchen, the dining hall, right in front of the, the kitchen, right in front of everybody. I pick up the phone, and I go, Jesus. I'm going to call you. And I dial Jesus Christ. I don't put no money. I just pick up the phone. I dial Jesus Christ on the payphone. And I put the payphone to my ear and I go, Jesus, can I have 85 cents? I'm hungry. As soon as I hang up the phone, 85 cents came down. You could hear the, the chains go come down. You could hear it drop. And I put my fingers in the, uh, I don't know what you call it, and I get it. It's three quarters and a dime. And the ladies are watching, and their mouths drop. And I go, I, I got 85 cents. And the lady goes, who gave you that money? I go, Jesus. Jesus just paid. Jesus, I asked Jesus. I called Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. And I asked for 85 cents. And I go, here you go, man. I go, can I have my food? And she was in shock. Remember, this is the same Jesus we serve to this day. He does greater. But he did this for me as a kid. She gave me the food, and I had my punch. I, I sat down and prayed. I go, thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm so happy. 
And the the sisters are shocked. They go get the pastor. They go to the payphone and and they're they're pushing buttons. They're hanging it up. They're checking if there's any money in there. And I and I go look, Jesus. They don't even believe me. They don't believe how real you are. And these ladies are older than me, and they're elderly. You know, they serve Jesus, and they don't believe that Jesus is that amazing. And I said, it's okay, I'm feeding, I'm eating, I'm thankful, Jesus. And you know what, brothers and sisters, that happened another time. I'm telling you, there's nothing that Jesus cannot do. He loves you, brothers and sisters. He loves you. I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done for me in my life. I'm a warrior for Jesus. I, I could. I have so many testimonies where I went to a dance and five grown men grabbing. They were going to kill me, and Jesus saved me there. I remember one time I was walking home, and this white car drives up behind me. And I said, I remember growing up in California, there's drive-bys, a lot of gangs and violence, and and I go, I, and I and I was in my church clothes. I'm in my church clothes, and I have my Bible. And this car is creeping, no lights, creeping up behind me. And I go, Jesus, the devil wants to kill me again. I go, you know what, Jesus? I go, I'm not even going to wait. I'm not even going to wait till they jump out and attack me. And I never, to this day, I don't carry guns. I've never shot a gun in my life. I don't have no knives. Of course, a kitchen knife. But I'm talking about, you know, people walk around for protection. You know who's my protection? Jesus. You know how hard it is to say Jesus? Nine. That's the first thing into my mind. If someone breaks into my house, Jesus, right away, in the name of Jesus Christ, I have the gift of the Holy Ghost. We have authority. And you know what? If Jesus says, if he's for us, who could be against us? Does Jesus lie? Does God lie? It's impossible. That's Hebrews 6, 18. It's impossible for God to lie. And so this car is coming up right behind me. And I, I have boldness, brothers and sisters. You hear my wife says, you have a lot of boldness. And that's Jesus. So even as a kid, and and this car comes over behind me, I turn around and walk right into the car. I didn't want them to jump out. I put my head in the, the, the driver window because it was open. And I go, praise the Lord. God bless you, brothers. It was for men. I don't know. Not men. They're probably in their 18, 20 years old around that. And I'm a teenager. As soon as I put my head in there and I said, God bless you, God bless you, brothers. I don't remember exactly, you know, praise the Lord, God bless you. They all flew back of their chair in their car. The one in the back seat in the corner goes, it's a man of God. It's a, he starts to shake. As I was talking to him, I saw their weapons on each of their laps. And I said, God bless you. And they were so terrified. I have no weapon. I'm not threatening. All I said was, God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. And they were so afraid. And I knew that that was Jesus. And I said, God bless you. You stay out of trouble. Yes, yes, yes. And I said, God bless you. Have a good night. Thank you, thank you. And they took off. That was Jesus. I had no weapons, nothing. You know what I had? Jesus. I put my head in there and I said, God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus did that. See, Jesus is amazing. Amazing. I love him. I'm so thankful. Anybody that, we have a prayer list. Me and my wife have. 
anybody that reaches out to us. You know, we extend their friendship. If they want friendship, we're there for them. We're here to tell them about Jesus. If they just want to be on the prayer list, people will contact me, email me, just so we could be on a prayer list and we pray for them. We fast for the prayer list. We pray for the prayer list. We do it every day. We pray for the prayer list and then we fast uh, almost every Friday for the prayer list because these are souls. And guess who's on the prayer list? Me and my wife. Because we all need prayer. We all need prayer. I do this for Jesus only. I love him. And I, I hope this touches every man and woman and child. You know, everything I do is for Jesus. I don't do it for myself. I don't, I'm not on here to say, hey, click on likes. I'm selling T-shirts. I, I, I have a church. I don't do any. Everything me and my wife do is for Jesus. It's for you, brothers and sisters. You know why? Because people are hurting. People need to know the truth. And Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back soon, brothers and sisters. And this world is so evil. It's called evildoers, brothers and sisters, that now it's so violent. You can't even go to a grocery store. You can't go to school. You can't even go check your mailbox. And the devil is attacking because he knows he's coming. Jesus is coming back soon, and he's going to go to the lake of fire, and I can't wait till Jesus comes back. I, I can't wait to Satan and all the evildoers and the people that refuse Jesus. That's where they're going, to the lake of fire. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is real. He loves you. If you receive Jesus' love, it will change your life. And don't believe me. Go to Jesus. It says, let God be true, but every man a liar. Romans 3, 4. Go to Jesus. You must worship him in spirit and in truth. I... I, You know, I, I have a podcast. I pour my heart, I pour my testimonies, and I have people, 24 countries all around the world that, that listen to the podcast. I make no money. I don't want to make one single penny because this is for you, because Jesus is coming back. And it says in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit like never before. And it's coming. It's happening. Because you don't see Jesus' miracle because you're spoiled or you're blessed or whatever. We get in the way. Get out of the way. Allow Jesus to be true. Let him be king. Let Jesus be the Alpha and Omega. Let Jesus guide you. Let Jesus be Jesus. Stop uplifting man. Stop uplifting things, material things or whatever. Everybody uplifts man. How dare we? We do not uplift man. We uplift Jesus. He gets all the honor and glory, our Lord mighty Jesus Christ. He gets the glory. Everything I talk about, Jesus gets all the glory, not me. I'm just a human being. I've been through so much in my life. I failed. I fell flat on my face. I'm embarrassed. I've been through so much in my life. But now Jesus is using me and my testimony, and I get to tell people all around the world about my testimony. And who is it? Jesus. That's simple. It's not hard. It's not algebra. It's not you have to go through 
three doors to the right, one to the left. It's not a maze. All you have to do is call on Jesus, and it's simple, and he loves you. And all you have to do is open the door and allow Jesus to come into your heart, and it will change your life. And guess what? Jesus will tell you what church to go to. If you're in a wrong place, Jesus says, you know what? You need to leave that church and go to this church. And Jesus will tell you and guide you in the name of Jesus Christ. It's that simple. I, I, I'm thankful for this radio station to allow me to give my testimony. Because I give all the honor and glory to Jesus. It's not about me. It's about you, brothers and sisters. People are hurting. People are hurting. I care for every single one of you. But I'm not Jesus. I can't be there. I'm not your deliverer. I'm not the Savior. That's Jesus. All I can tell you is how amazing it is. I have so many more testimonies. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. And that's what he wants me to tell everybody, that he loves you. I don't care who you are. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves my wife. He talks to me and my wife. He tells us what's going on. We get a, we, Me and my wife still get attacked, but we're warriors for Jesus. We have witches come after us, and we battle them. We rebuke them in the name of Jesus Christ, and they flee. Because the devil is furious that we tell everybody about Jesus. We tell people there's hope, there's life. His name is Jesus. When you're about to commit suicide, just try Jesus. Just try Jesus. Say, Jesus, are you real? Tell me right now. This is it for me. And watch what happens. He will deliver you. He will come and hug you. And he will tell you from his own words, I love you. Not me. Jesus himself. And I want everybody, and I know people have gone through horrific things. I know. I know. I care for you because I've been there. My wife's been there. I care. I don't care about master. Just I care about your soul. And when you have a relationship with Jesus, Jesus will change your life. You, you repent in the name of Jesus Christ, and he will make you a new creature, and you will be saved. Get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You receive the gift of the Holy Ghost of speaking with other tongues, and you will be proud to tell the world what Jesus has done for you, and people will see the glow, the glory, the anointing all around you, and they say, what happened? Jesus, turn away from sin. Sin, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death. Everybody has a choice. I tell my wife that I tell this to everybody. Everybody has a choice. It's called a crossroad. You're either going to repent, get on your knees, and pick up the cross and go down the narrow, difficult road that people, it says few, 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 few will find. Oh, wide and broad is the way of destruction when it's easy. Oh, once saved, always saved. Oh, you don't have to do anything. You can do whatever you want. That's sad. You're going to listen to all that, or are you going to listen to what Jesus says? He is the only way, John 14, 6. He, Jesus is the only way, and it's as narrow, difficult, and few will find that road. And that's Jesus. I love Jesus. He's all I want. And I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be on this radio station to tell people my testimony. But 
I just want to tell everybody, Jesus loves you. And, um, brother, did you want me to say a prayer now, or did you want me to? Oh, to, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Praise oh, God. And I wanted to thank you, Joe, so much for coming on the program and sharing what you did. Uh, so touching. So, so um, it's a, it, it just pulls you in and the desire that you have to understand the intimacy that we all are invited to be a part of is, is just absolutely uh, so encouraging, brother. And we just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us tonight. And, yes, please do go ahead and close with a prayer tonight. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you. And, and I want – no, I, I want to say thank you for allowing me. Uh, this is the first time I ever experienced anything like this. Uh, and I just want to say thank you for allowing me to give my testimony what Jesus done for me in my life. But anyways, let's pray right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, bless every man, woman, and child. Lord Jesus, we all need you. You know there's people that serve you are struggling. Christians need faith. They need hope. Lord, let, let them hear this message. Every man, and woman, and child, you hear me? There's a reason why you hear me. You, there's a reason why you're listening to this radio station because Jesus loves you. Touch them right now in the name of Jesus Christ and let them know, Jesus, that from you, our Lord mighty Jesus Christ. You love them. It's not by accident. There's a reason why you're listening to this radio station at this very moment in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, it's about souls. Jesus is coming back, and Jesus loves you. He wished no one to perish. He loves you. Lord, let them feel your love because I know the way you show me your love, it changed my life. You would change their life. I claim the blood of over every single man, woman, and child that hears this radio station, this episode in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the honor and glory. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you again, Joe. This is Joe Sanchez and just yeah. shared with us one of the most powerful testimonies that are that are out there. And um and yes, everything he said is anointed and absolutely the truth. Now's the time. You know, if you're just tapping around, probing around, looking at podcasts, flipping through your podcast uh, you know, uh uh tour, whatever, and you stumbled across this program, well guess what? He, Joe is right. This is your call. And this is an opportunity yeah. to have to be able to stand in this cesspool of an evil earth and have joy because we are not from here. We are citizens of heaven. And when you embrace <laughs> that and understand who we are and where we're going, Amen. none of this stuff around us matters. Hallelujah. So God bless Amen. you, Joe. Thank Amen. you so much for joining us tonight. And can you share with people where they can go to get in touch with you real quick? Yes, and um, so I have a podcast that's on many platforms like Spotify, Apple, or Google. It's called Lord Mighty Jesus Christ. That is my podcast. And then also my email, anybody needs prayer, like I said, we are here for you, every man, woman, and child. Um, Sanchez75joe at yahoo.com. I'm going to say it again, Sanchez. 75joe at yahoo.com. And my podcast, you can look it up, whatever platform you have it on. It's called Lord Mighty Jesus Christ. Thank you, brother. Praise God. That is awesome. Sanchez, 75, Joe. And what was the domain again? At where? At Yahoo.com. Yahoo.com. Okay, great. Praise the Lord. 
Super awesome. All right. Praise Jesus. Thank you so much, brother, for joining us tonight. God bless you all. Tonight is Sunday, May the 28th. Got to focus my eyes here. Yep, yep, yep. May the 28th. Um, <laughs> and uh, we will see you Wednesday. Yeah, when you get older, you got to really squint. Um, but anyway, uh, okay. I know. <laughs> we'll see you all Wednesday night, 7 p.m., Lord willing. Thank you all for joining us. God bless you, and thank you, Joe, so much. Say hello to your wife. Thank you. And uh, I just pray thank that you guys are just anointed and filled with the joy of the Lord Jesus every single day Thank until you. we depart, and it's going to be real soon. Amen. Thank you all. Amen. We'll see you then. I know. I, we're getting really close. I can I, almost hear the – I can I almost know, smell the I wedding know. supper cooking right now. I, I, I tell everybody, <laughs> listen, you know, just find the Thai buffet, and that's where I'll be hanging out uh, before we all go yeah. join Jesus at the wedding supper. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Right. Amen. Thank you, brother. God no bless you. Thank you, you so see much, brother. God bless you. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. God bless you.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.